0: Delta Roofing, Air Services, Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, Electrical, Serenity Honors and Scramblers all coming together to buy breakfast for veterans as we broadcast live tomorrow, 6-8 to 9-8. So come on out and join us. It's going to be a good time and delicious breakfast. We're talking about number of these different articles here this one core document hunter lived in california when chinese partners wired money to his dad's address and somebody asking him, how do you wire it to an address and I, I think this the the verbiage that's being used here is referencing the fact that the bank account that it was wired to is connected to the address when i've never done a wire transfer uh but it's my understanding and reading uh, about them that whenever you do a wire transfer, you have to put certain information down. Obviously, and one of those is the uh, you know a bank account. And then you know, with your bank account, like oftentimes when you're providing such information, well, what is your home address and you know phone number and so forth. And so the the bank account was a bank account that was connected to that house. And so I believe when they reference in in some of these stories the money uh, the 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 wiring of the money to that address it is because that address is connected to that bank account. That's that's my understanding of it. But that's a good question, especially because a lot of people I don't think you know a lot of some people are familiar with money orders, um, which you could just put in the mail I suppose and send directly to someone's house. But the The wiring of money is something that not everyone has done. We've got author of the week coming up. It's a great one. You're going to like it. ABC Books. North Glenstone is always sponsoring our author of the week. It is a great place. One great business owner, Valerie, friend of mine. So, you know, she's awesome. And um, fantastic resource to get books and they can get them for you, oftentimes faster than you can get them yourself ordering online and sometimes even better deals for you. Of course, like everything, it's going to depend. So even if they don't have what you're looking for, they're going to take care of you there. That is ABC Books on North Glenstones, just south of Kearney a bit. Have a look at the weather coming up much warmer today and tomorrow than initially expecting uh, with highs in the upper 80s. First, the latest news update. Good morning, I'm Color 10 and Fox 49's Jesse Inman. Multiple charges have been filed against a man who allegedly led Greene County deputies on a high-speed chase Monday, causing property damage and serious injuries. Investigators say Damian Horton ran five red lights drove 100 miles per hour, and almost hit multiple vehicles during the pursuit. One of his passengers suffered a broken back when Horton crashed into a truck and then a utility pole near Sunshine and Marion. Deputies suspect Horton was driving under the influence. A Webster County man was sentenced to 13 years for shooting another man in the head. Michael Griffin pleaded guilty to assault Police say he tried to kill Marty Osborne in January of 2020. Osborne was taken to a hospital with life-threatening injuries but survived. From Color 10 and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. The First Alert forecast from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks, home improvement. Sunny, 87 today. Clear tonight, 63. Tomorrow, like today, sunny, high of 87. I, I, before we go to the traffic and then we've got author of the week coming up, there is a period of time, it was not uncommon, that there would be certain observations about women in the public realm that would not be made about men. And so we would oftentimes hear, uh, well, if she were a man, that criticism would not occur, or you would never hear anyone say that about a man. I think over time, however, we've become very, very accustomed to that, and oftentimes it is the knee-jerk reaction, particularly when it comes to looks or sounds, that people will say instinctively when there is criticism of a woman. And oftentimes I find myself saying, well, um, actually, that's not true. Those criticisms, men get those criticisms too. It's funny because I've heard this oftentimes when it comes to superheroes and Marvel comic movies and, and, you know... Uh, there will be an interview with, uh, one of the actresses about the, the suit that she had to wear and, um, and just the, the fact that it really shows off the body and people will be very critical. Like, well, you know, men actors, they, you know, why is it always about the body for women? It's not for the men. I'm like, uh, have you seen Chris Hemworth? Have you, what are you talking about? I mean, (laughs) clearly it's in play for both parties here it's not just a female thing and anyway the reason i brought this up is because there's a story in the daily caller people couldn't stop talking about one candidate's hairstyle at tonight's gop and it was all about vivek ramaswamy and i guess his hair his hair was a little poofed up and apparently people notice this and they're talking about it all over the internet and i thought to myself if this instead were let's say nikki haley Everyone would be talking about how no one would ever say that about a man. And I know I would have thought, I think that they would have. And I believe that this demonstrates that. In fact, I would have been right. And I I just, anytime I hear, well, they would never say that about this sort of person or that sort of person. I think to myself, well, do they? And I find oftentimes they do. We do. It's just this cliched accepted conventional wisdom that oftentimes isn't actually in touch with reality and when i saw the headline and i thought oh i wonder who it is and it was a man not a woman you're listening to nick reed in the morning on springfield's talk 1041. Springfield's Talk 1041. I am Nick Reed. It's Thursday, which means author of the week, sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone. And I want to welcome our author, Carrie Gress, a fellow at the Ethics Public Policy Center and doctor of philosophy from Catholic University, author of The End of Women How Smashing the Patriarchy Has Destroyed Us. And for the longest time, I I grew up during an area where feminism was sort of that. I am woman, hear me roar. It was all about the strength of womanhood, and, and it seems to have evolved over time, and, and what you argue in your book, and you lay out, and give plenty of examples, particularly in the modern era today, which we'll talk about, that 50 years of of this radical feminism has done the opposite of, of what it was that they claimed. Instead of making women stronger, uh, it has done the opposite. It's almost made them obsolete in terms of what Make women women, and it's actually solidified man's place in the world. Tell us a bit about that, if you would.
1: Yeah, no, I I think it's a, obviously a big question, and I think something that so many of us are thinking about right now, given the fact that we're having a hard time even really defining what a woman is. Um, but yeah, I certainly go back fifty years, I actually go back to the seventeen nineties and talk about kind of the, what, how feminism sort of laid the ground for what we're seeing now with this idea of erasing. Women altogether, and and part of it was because feminism, from you know very early stages up to the you know the last fifty years, has really asked the question: How do we make women um, more like men instead of saying How do we help women as women? Um, and so we've kind of idealized the, the masculine, and we can see this obviously in, in our media. We see in movies, and you know, women in the Marvel movies, and on and on. Um, and we said very little about the, the real attributes of, of women that obviously keep the world moving and going around. And um, so we're seeing it come to a head with the, the trans movement where, um, you know, we, we we don't know what a woman is. We can't really define it. And we're, we're actually erasing women like what we're seeing in women's sports.
0: I can when I when at the time that uh, again, I was I don't know, maybe first paying attention where that feminism movement was at the time Mm -hmm. I recognized in my mind, I thought, well, it seems like they are trying to, instead of saying, Oh, women are awesome. And here's why it was like you said, uh, mimicking men, which seemed counterintuitive to me, but at Mm -hmm. the same time, I, I could see how people could be confused over that issue. If it was marketed properly, what I cannot understand for the life of me though is, and you mentioned the trans issue this idea that somehow it is to the benefit, or maybe they don't even try and claim it's to the benefit of the women. Just letting We've gone back to men calling the shots uh, in terms of sports and locker rooms and so forth, that if a man says, I'm a woman, and in prisons as well, uh, then ah, that's what really matters. That's what counts. And mm-hmm. And, you know... They, they, they portray it as a trans issue, but I've noticed that it's always women that are the ones who are being told to shut their mouths. It's always women who are being told yeah. they need to get counseling if they have a problem with it. It's always women who are having to give up that first, second, third place slot in sports. It's never the other way around.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that that's the the fundamental problem is really, again, this idea of putting the the masculine on a pedestal and and encouraging women. And it's been marketed geniusly um, to be more like men and to um, really try to fundamentally change us and change our human nature, um, you know, from the very beginning. And this is, you can see this in the work of of Simone de Beauvoir and the existentialists. And, you know, it's sort of come down to us um, through a lot of the, the feminist intellectual tradition that So many of us don't want to wade into because it's just so painful to read (laughs) both because what it says, but the way in which it says it as well. Um, but yeah, the, the idea is sort of this unhinging of men and women from any kind of gender. I mean, this is an a, a stated purpose of the feminist movement in the 70s. Um, so this is why we have sort of this, um, you know, this huge rift that keeps getting bigger and bigger between men and women, because feminists are pushing for women to become more like men, meanwhile telling men they need to become more like women, and we can just erase gender altogether. So underlying all of it really is this idea of um, changing human nature, and as you point out, though, I mean, this is what, sadly what's what's happening is that women are not working in accord with their their human nature, and so they're 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 trying to enter a playing field in which men have dominated. Then that's what's going to continue to happen, like we're seeing in in sports. Um, so anyway, it's it's obviously a huge mess, and it's just incredibly sad how much we've had to detach our minds from you know the reality of the human body and the human person and what women are and what men are in order for these things to sort of make any kind of sense on any kind of national scale
0: another i i guess a contradiction that i've noticed over i I guess maybe the last year and a half or so is there was long this characterization of republicans and conservatives that um only saw women as existing in order to have babies Yet, they literally are calling them birthing persons. Now. And I'm like I don't think there is any description that you can give a woman that more almost indicates that's what you believe her one sole job should be. It just seems kind of ironic.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's, you know, again, you know, we mentioned that the genius of the the marketing of this is that. The left and feminists have been able to certainly articulate their position, but they've also been able to articulate what they think the enemy is or what they want people to think the enemy is. And so we don't actually really even have a good sense of what an ordered, you know, normal woman looks like in the public square anymore. We've got Mm -hmm. either, you know, Gloria Steinem sort of kicked it off with Ms. Magazine. And then, um, you know, we've got her and her progeny. And then um, you've got, on the other hand, the 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 Handmaid's Tale, the red bonnets and, and the red robes that they want us to believe, you know, everyone in America to believe that if somehow she's not a feminist, that this is what's going to happen to her. She's going to be, you know, inducted into some sort of fertility cult and made to wear that outfit. And it's just not the case. And that's what I, I think part of the frustration of it is, is that we don't even have. a a space in our minds anymore or in the public square where we can actually see what a a real woman looks like because they've been ushered we've been ushered out of all of the conversations Um, whether it's you know look at the view there's never going to be the the conservative women are never going to going to outnumber the the liberal woman on that tv show even though the demographics don't reflect that Um, it's just the way they control their messaging and so we see this over and over again in you know when talking about women and i think that's one of the biggest frustrations and also a great opportunity, I think, that conservatives have is to start getting back into the culture and actually uh, helping women see what it looks like to be a real woman instead of this, these two you know, awful extremes that we are presented with.
0: Well, and I imagine we're, we're talking with our author of the week, Carrie Gress. The book is The End of Women, How or Woman, How Smashing the Patriarchy Has Destroyed Us. Uh, it, You know, there's so much the term gaslighting has been really overused, but (laughs) I what you say and I I agree with it. It makes sense to me that really genuinely men respecting women um, for being actual women. I imagine that those the so-called feminists, those on the left would accuse the men that do that of mansplaining.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I mean there's definitely that and I you know I think we also have to look at at men. I you know I have incredible sympathy for men because I think that feminism has become kind of a kryptonite like men do not want to talk about feminism at all and that was one of the things i wanted to do this book with this book was make sure that men felt like they could read it and not come away feeling awful you know but feeling like okay i understand this better now and i'm i'm, I'm we're seeing the fruit of that it's been great to hear the feedback from men um but yeah i think this is another part of the the marketing is to make it make men feel like they cannot say anything because they're men and therefore they don't have you know a dog in this fight. and um, you know it's worked beautifully. They, they've completely shut down any kind of pushback that comes from men. So you can see this you know shutting down of any kind of um, you know dissent and this is a- a how they win because they certainly don't have the arguments and they you know to be made. they just do it by controlling the messaging
0: drag queens. Uh, I, in my mind, I, I just, I equate things. I think, well, this has happened before. Um, but it happened instead of gender, it was race. We had, um, uh, white people, particularly men during a period of time that would utilize makeup and dress to mimic black people for the purposes of entertaining an audience. And at the time people were fine with it. It was entertaining. Um, now we look back on it, and as a society, we say that was wrong, that's horrible, people have been canceled if they did it 40 years ago, some many have anyway have been, but then at the same time, some of the same people who want to besmirch our entire society because of something that happened way back when, celebrate the exact same thing. But instead of it being race, it's gender, here you have men dressing up as women, in an over-exaggerated way, wearing makeup on their face for the purposes of entertaining people. I mean, it's the exact same thing.
1: Yeah. Right. No, that's such a great connection. And I think, you know, the bigger question is, why Why, why does this have to be done in front of kindergartners? I <laughs> mean, that, right. I think, is that's the big question, you know, too. It's just—it's one thing to have, you know, be adults, but why is there so much pressure to, to expose young children to this kind of mimicry. It's its incredible. And it just shows, again, the underbelly that they want to get rid of um, of childhood. They want to get rid of chil- children's innocence. And, you know, the best way to do that is start very, very young. And we're seeing that obviously with, a, you know, drag queen reading books to kindergartners, but we're also seeing it in just our public education systems in terms of what's being foisted upon them. And of course, the the whole trans movement is really benefiting from you know catch, catching all these young girls who are at this awkward mm-hmm. stage and just want a way out of it. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's incredible how much it's being targeted at children and, and for very specific reasons.
0: Our author of the week, Carrie Gress, the book The End of Woman, How Smashing the Patriarchy Has Destroyed Us. I think most people, unless they are just in total denial, recognize that Quality of life overall, culturally speaking, has diminished greatly uh, in this country. And there are a lot of thoughts and ideas as to, to why that is and the difference between the causes and the symptoms and so forth. But you recognize and write about your belief that one of the if you know, necessary components to coming back from the brink is that rediscovery of true womanhood.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you can look back and see when you know when you start messing with women and you get women to really behave in bad ways, everybody follows. You know, it's it's you see the children are affected, men are affected. Um, women have this this power, and it's obviously we we've been told it's something it's not. It's been really distorted, and we have this belief in sort of this physical power or something, um, and have completely lost sight of the fact that we. Have this very subtle, quiet kind of power. Um so yeah, I think that that's part of the the key is to bring back the idea of what it really means to be a woman and how we use our gifts to restore culture instead of destroying it.
0: Any final thoughts for folks, um whether it's the battles that they come up against, i you know, I, I think of young people going off to college and and just this this culture that essentially, Um, erases who they are but convinces them that it's good for them and and parents we have a lot of parents that listen that have kids going off to college what what, what message do you have for them today
1: yeah I mean I think the message really is pay attention and start seeing what's happening just see how powerful these ideologies are and the kind of control that they have over not just adults but certainly children especially at that college phase where they're taken from home, they're in a college environment where everybody around them seems to be glomming onto this and it's the cool people that are sort of leading the way and people, you know, young people respond to that remarkably. Um, and so I think that that's, that's one of the keys is we just need to be aware of what's going on and the ways in which we're being undermined as parents and the way our children are being undermined, no matter what kind of, of education we gave them, um, you know, that's being stripped away very, very quickly in um that college atmosphere
0: our author of the week carrie gress the book again that you can get at abc books on north glenstone the end of woman how smashing the patriarchy has destroyed us i'm nick reed springfield's talk 1041. we're making new investments to enhance the transparency of ukraine's institutions and to bolster the rule of law this is springfield's talk 1041. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041 Sarah Myers do you remember we had this story about the Oscar Wiener Mobile changing its yes, name?: Yes,
2: I do, and I saw this article and yeah. I almost shared it with <laughs> I
0: know, you. I almost shared it with you too. <laughs> And I want to say, we speculated that they would change it back. Mm-hmm. Did we speculate that, feel or did like we I? Did so do I? Well, they've changed it back. They, a little over four months after Oscar Mayer announced that its iconic Wienermobile would be referred to as the Frankmobile, the company's returning to its roots, changing the name back. Kelsey Rice, associate director at Oscar Mayer, told Fox News Digital it was a Franktastic summer celebrating our 100% beef Franks with the Mobile from coast to coast. However, like many of you, we miss our original icon. Kicking off last week, we are uh, welcoming back the Wienermobile. Uh, in, the, in, in May, the company uh, announced that for the first time in its 87 years of the Mobile, the vehicle would have a name change. Noting the Wienermobile is a beloved American icon that's been sparking smiles and driving craveability for our iconic delicious wieners for nearly 100 years. And of course, they have decided to switch it back, which I thought that they probably would. And I don't know that that wasn't their intent to begin with. I, uh, she said this summer, it's time to highlight another fan favorite, our Beef Franks. At the time of the initial name change, a spokesperson said that the brand wanted to see if the rebrand cuts the mustard with fans. And I I don't know. So maybe they were just testing it to see whether uh, it would be something welcomed or not. But, you know, when you have, so, you're just synonymous. You know, this is how you know that you have, well, that marketing has worked and it is part of American culture. Anyone could see that thing driving down the interstate, and no, it's called the Wienermobile. I mean, just everyone knows that. And to try and change something like that, it's just it's just never, ever going to work. And uh, so anyhow, if you see it, you can know that it is once again called the Wienermobile. I want to play audio. Trump yesterday spoke. We're going to get a traffic update here and then uh, play a bit of audio. Trump speaking yesterday. Uh, during the same time that the debate was going on in California at the Reagan Library, Trump spoke in Clinton Township, Michigan, to a crowd of union workers. And, of course, in his usual Trump fashion, it wasn't the sort of speech that you could bullet point and be like, okay, well, here's the structure of the speech. He, he, he's a uh, stream of consciousness, as they say. Uh, but he did hit one area that, to me... I believe can make a tremendous difference for the 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 for Republicans against the Biden administration and take what the Biden administration has been trying to use tout as one of their single largest accomplishments and use it against them that coming up I'm Nick Reed you're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's talk 104.1 Forecast from color 10 fox 49 meteorologist tom schmidt sunny 87 for a high today tonight clear 63 and tomorrow sunshine 87 tomorrow also is a hero's breakfast uh come on out friends if you're a veteran even if you're not but if you're a veteran you do get free breakfast at scramblers between 6a and 9a tomorrow that's sponsored by scramblers delta roofing serenity honors and air services heating cooling plumbing and electrical A question on the American Transmissions talk and text line. Were they union workers or non-union? Yesterday, former President Donald Trump, Rip Biden, spoke in Clinton Township, Michigan, to a crowd of union workers. So it it says they're union workers. Instead of attending the debate at the Reagan Presidential Library, which... had this strike not been going on, he, he may have found something to do, but it it's not as if he was choosing between the two. He wasn't going to participate in the debate anyhow. Uh, but, uh, and I don't know the amount of time that he spoke. I imagine it was a pretty extended period of time because that's how Trump is. But he made a statement that was regarding electric vehicles that I want to play for you here. Biden's
1: mandate isn't a government regulation. It's a government assassination of your jobs and of your industry. The auto industry is being assassinated. And it makes no difference what you get. I don't care what you get in the next two weeks or three weeks or five weeks. They're going to be closing up and they're going to be building those cars in China and other places. It's a hit job on Michigan and on Detroit.
0: The, the Democrats have created a nightmare scenario for themselves if republicans can focus to really capitalize off of this the democrats have among other things they've they've been able to successfully really campaign on pro-environment right we're pro environment, pro environment, pro environment, and now you're going to have a small segment of the population that would be fine with any policy that destroyed mankind totally, because these are the people that cry when trees get cut down and you know show up at restaurants screaming at people eating fried chicken that they're murderers and that those chickens had babies once, you know. So th- there's that, but there is a a significant portion of the population that that loves the idea of helping the environment they are okay with and sometimes even support the idea of legislation that puts certain requirements and standards in place that they believe is going to help the environment though oftentimes it's not the case but still this is what they believe And, and most people are that's the category they fall in right now the single most impacting actual pro environmental thing that democrats have been doing is this electric vehicle thing that 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 is what dominates wholly and completely it's not clean water And I'm talking about in the public discussion, what is in full awareness here and and what they are trying to force into place. It's not clean water. It's now they they have on the energy front, of course, when it comes to stopping uh, the extraction of energy here in the United States and thereby making us dependent on foreign oil. They, They have done that. But that's part of this EV thing, right? That's their answer to it is we need electric vehicles. And so what has off long been an issue that has been a winning issue for them, though it may not have been a leading issue, in other words, it wasn't necessarily enough to win you know Middle America over. It was something that they could utilize as look how great we are, and that many Americans were comfortable with. But they now the 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 um The main, the leading component of this effort is this electric vehicle stuff. And at the same time, the union strike is so easily connected to the EV push. All of this timing could not be better for Republicans and worse for Democrats. Because the other thing that the Democrats have long been able to uh, carry as one of their issues in their voting base and their their representation is as that of for the working man, particularly the union. So here, what we have on display is their effort, the Democrats putting. Fourth legislation and regulations that are causing the union membership to suffer greatly. And what Trump is saying here, which is absolutely right, he's saying it doesn't matter what you get today, tomorrow, or next week. He's talking about these negotiations. He said, because if, and Republicans, man, they have got to beat this into the ground and they have to make this a central campaign theme up until and through the next election, that it, whatever the, whatever deal is made or the unions that is short lived, because if we continue, if the Democrats are allowed to stay in power and continue to push these mandates that your jobs are going to be gone anyway. So enjoy it while it lasts because they are destroying your industry. And while they run around claiming that, Oh no, no, that's not true. That's not true. Because the electric vehicle industry is going to be massive. It's going to be huge. Well, first off, if it was going to be so massively profitable, the companies would have done it on their own anyhow. That's how a free market system works. Businesses want to produce products that are wildly popular so that they can sell lots of them and make lots of money. Secondly, as it stands now, electric vehicles, even though they are such a small portion of the market, are draining revenue from the car uh, the car industry as it is. You have the electric vehicles, every one of them that, that is sold, cost the car companies on average of $60,000. Not making them $60,000, costing them $60,000. The only reason they are able to to some degree continue to at least keep operating is because those losses are subsidized by the actual vehicles that people want. So you take that component away. You say, "Oh, by the way, you can't you can no longer sell the product that people actually want." You cannot survive outside of, of course, massive bailouts, but that also is not going to sustain a healthy industry. A government-funded automobile industry, if it comes to that, which is the only natural course for this to go as long as Democrats continue to put their policies in place, that industry is going to work out as any other government-funded industry in the world, which is miserable. They're total failures. That's why Venezuela looks like Venezuela. That's why Cuba looks like Cuba. That's why the Soviet Union fell apart. That's why China is 100% completely their economy reliant on free market systems importing jobs into their countries by setting up factories and hiring people at lower wages in order to make products that get shipped back here into the United States. That's the only reason, by the way. Like, well, communism, oh, China, they seem to do all right. Yeah, because they have all of these free market system factories in their country creating jobs for them. The timing of this with the EV push and the unions on strike could not be better for Republicans because in a real-life implication way, it is demonstrating this is what happens, this is what they're doing. It isn't theory. It's not conjecture it's not well you know when they do this this is what's going to happen it is this is what they did and this is what happened it's real life it's having real life implications and whatever deal as trump has said and this is what i think some of these union workers are recognizing this Whatever deals worked out, even if you get everything you want, it's irrelevant if we continue on this EV path that we're on with the government trying to force it to happen into a free market system because your jobs will cease to exist. And so no deal, no 40% increase, no 36 hour, uh, a work week getting paid for 40 will matter when you're not working at all. Springfield's Talk 1041. i I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. 1041 Nick Reed on Facebook Live sponsored by Springfield Raps who also designed the KSGF studio. You will... See in that video feed, Sarah Myers.
2: That's right. And I want to tell you about my friends over at Avis, the car rental company. Now, if you are in the market to purchase a new vehicle soon, but you are wanting to do kind of a longer test drive before you actually make the commitment of purchasing that vehicle, if you are a person who leases your vehicles, but you're wanting some more flexibility, or you are a person who is a small business owner uh, or just a business owner in general, and you are looking to add to your fleet of vehicles, Avis has a new program called the Long-Term Rental program. Now, the best part about the long-term rental program is there's no more trips to the DMV, there's no vehicle maintenance costs, and if you get into a vehicle that you realize, you know, this is just not working out, for me, you can swap out vehicles every couple of months if you wish to do so. Now, if you want more information on the long-term rental program, I highly recommend that you take a trip over to the Avis store. It's located right here in Springfield off of Fort and Sunshine. Speak to Lauren, and of course, you can find all of the contact information for Avis under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com.
0: All right, Uh, let's see here. Energy firm unloads on Biden's attacking fossil fuel. Okay. Uh, Oh, let me, uh, one last thing on this EV deal. When they're, from the the onset of this uh, strike taking place, I've never felt that the place, or let me put it this way, I've never felt when there was a disagreement between an employer and an employee over payment that government should be at the table. I don't think there's any place for that. Now, I think there is an argument that when it comes to unions and... Because there are there are laws, unfortunately, that should not exist that do exist that tie the hands of of um, businesses when it comes to unions, and they vary from state to state. I think that there is an argument that some of that should be evaluated. But when it just ultimately, when it comes down to it, conceptually, government should not be involved in that. I don't I don't like the idea that politicians. Uh, I mean that 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 is private industry free market system. Somebody comes along and they're like, hey, I can do this. You're looking for someone who can do this. Here's what I think I'm worth. And they're like, here's what I'll pay. And then you're like, no, I think I'm worth more than that. And they say, okay, well, thank you, but no thank you. Or they say, well, how much do you think you're worth? And then you go back and forth until the two sides agree. And if it gets to the point where you don't like what it is that you are being paid, then leave. Just like if it gets to the point where they don't like the work you're producing for the pay, they should let go of you in the relationship. This is why it is so important that this for Republicans, politically speaking, not make this about the workers versus the employer— but make it about a scenario that exists because of government. And there's truth in that. The EV push, the, comp- the, the the government, and by the way, this is fascism. Fascism is, oh yeah, you can have your private company, but we're going to tell you how to run it. That's fascism. And when you have the government coming in and creating laws saying, well, uh, you can no longer legally sell this sort of vehicle, it's got to be the," or you you have to make so many of these, or you tell the average American, we're going to take money away from you out of your paycheck, we'll give you some back if you buy this kind of vehicle, that's fascism. And that is where the Republicans need to make the workers understand. Your ultimate right now, it's not to say that there aren't problems and conflicts between employer and employer, but all of that's irrelevant. If you don't recognize and do something about the fact that the government right now is derailing the industry, that has got to be priority number one. A host of energy companies sharply criticized uh, the results of Biden's sweeping climate agenda in an anonymous quarterly survey administered by the Federal Reserve Bank of Dallas. The Dallas Fed administers the anonymous survey at the end of each quarter to assess the attitudes of more than 100 energy firms headquartered in parts of Louisiana, New Mexico, as well as Texas, about the overall business environment in which they operate. The responses to the third quarter installment released Wednesday paint a bleak picture for the energy sector and slam Biden's sweeping climate agenda for its detrimental effects on energy independence and affordability. But I got to tell you. This is the part actually that, and this isn't really that surprising. And it is just reflecting people in the industry how, you know, their, their realization and understanding and warning that the Democrats are making it more expensive for you to use energy and they're making us reliant on other countries with their policies, not less. But here is a, a, a quote that really stands out. And it tells us something else that we all know about this administration. That the respondents spoke more critically and candidly in the anonymous survey than they might in public statements is no coincidence. Dan Kirsch, senior fellow for the Institute of Energy Research, told the Daily Caller News Foundation, quote, When you've got an administration that is going after Elon Musk, the message is clear. People are afraid of their government, so they won't say in public what they will say in private. Yet another way that this administration has mimicked and mirrored the Putin administration in Russia, where you have businesses that know you keep your mouth shut. You don't say anything against the administration or its policies, lest you find yourself under investigation. This is Biden's America 2023. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. And finally, before we have our hero's breakfast tomorrow morning at Scrambler's Free Breakfast for Veterans, 6 to 9 a A heartwarming story of more of the results of the administration's policies. 95-year-old veteran kicked out of a nursing home to make way for migrant housing, according to lawmakers. 95-year-old Korean War veteran was given less than two months' notice to figure out where he was going to live after the nursing home he resided in was sold to become a facility for illegal aliens. And this has evidently been verified by lawmakers that, yes, in fact, that happened and they are trying to locate where some of these other nursing home residents landed. This individual happened to have a family support system, but some of these people, they don't even know where they've gone. Glenn Beck's next. I'm Nick Reed.